Raw Truth, Stories of Female Infidelity may contain explicit and questionable content. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual podcaster Rebecca Adams and are not based on the advice of a licensed therapist, psychologist, or psychiatrist. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Human lives follow many paths, presenting twists and turns and choices never planned, never expected. Temptation, anger, depression, and loneliness all can lead a person to a mistake they can't take back. Facing judgment and isolation, a person can feel very alone. These are the voices of women who have chosen to cheat on their spouses or partners. Hear their stories. This is Raw Truth, Stories of Female Infidelity. Welcome, everybody, to Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity. As always, this is Rebecca, and hope everybody is doing well. Fall is upon us, and I'm sure with all your little kids out there, everybody's getting a little excited for trick-or-treating, if that's what you are going to do. I know last year with COVID, there was a lot of changes. There weren't parties at the mall like we usually have here. And some parents um, were just nervous about sending their children out with COVID stuff. So whatever you guys all decide to do, hopefully it's fun and and the adults can get away and have a fun party with everything and just enjoy. It's time to have some fun, right? Um, before we get started today, I wanted to give you guys a heads up, um, and I'll also talk about this to my Patreon people on their episode that I'm preparing to record. Um, if you haven't signed up for Patreon, you're missing out on a lot of extra stories. It's only $3 a month is where it starts. It's really not that much, but you get two extra stories. Um, but anyway, I will be closing down the podcast for two months for the month of December and the month of January. Um, feeling that burnout. Uh, I just have celebrated two years recording this podcast. And I believe I've published and this will be I think the 102nd or hundred and I think 102nd episode, not including about, let me see here, I'm in the process of recording after this, the 39th Patreon episode. So I've been recording pretty much nonstop for two years, except for during those times when, you know, with my husband's death and everything. But being that that anniversary is coming up in December, I want to be able to not have um, any distractions. Um, Not that the podcast is a huge distraction, but I just want to take, I'm going to not be working. Um, I won't have anything that I quote unquote have to do, if you know what I mean. So um, I think it's important for my mental stability (laughs) to go ahead and uh, just take two months off. So during that time, obviously, I won't be putting out any content. And for my Patreon subscribers, I will stop charges for those two months because Nothing makes me more frustrated than when I've signed up for something and then I'm paying every month, but I'm not getting anything in return. So ethically, that's what I do. So I will 
um, again, stop those payments for those two months. And then I will pick back up in February. Um, so that I, I think this is what I'm going to need. So I, um, I'll mention it a couple times. I don't want to disappoint anybody, but I also, you know, those new people that come in, oh, great, I found a new podcast. What? What do you mean she stopped doing it? But it's just for you guys. I mean, it would be approximately four ponder episodes and four regular episodes of raw truth that would be missed. So the course of two months. But in the meantime, I will be still networking. Um, I've been writing stories for people lately. I've been reaching out to them and some people struggle to put a story together. And now that I have more time, I'm offering if I send the questions, ask back and forth, I will create the story as well. I prefer for the person who um, is submitting to submit their entire story themselves. It saves me a lot of time. Plus, they can put in their own feelings of what they were going through that I might miss as I'm putting stuff together. But it is always an option. And uh, if you've been uh, lately, I've been getting a lot of messages saying I'm thinking about sending my story, but it's super long. You know what, it doesn't have to be short. It doesn't have to be super long. We all enjoy a good story. We don't want to miss out on anything because you're afraid it's too long. So you write what you need. You need to do this for yourself. A lot of people feel so much better. And then after they hear it, it just puts another look on it for them. So please don't shy away from it. Um, I'm not here to say, oh my gosh, you know, I'm not going to judge anything. If you send me one paragraph, well, it may end up on a ponder episode, not on the regular story, but it is what it is. Infidelity. Both women and men alike have found themselves in situations where they have become unfaithful to their spouse or partner. On the podcast, Raw Truth, Stories of Female Infidelity, you hear stories from women who have been unfaithful, but want to share their stories to help others in similar situations or to help other people understand why sometimes infidelity happens. But there is still so much more. How does a man cope when he finds out that his wife, girlfriend, or partner has cheated? What are the reasons why a man chooses to cheat? Are they similar to why a woman does? Or maybe you are the other man or the other woman in a relationship. I asked her later why she didn't tell me she liked the kind of sex she had with him. She said it was novel for the first couple times, but she swore she didn't like what he was doing. I'm not sure I believed it. Why keep going back? I'm sure in hindsight she feels that way now, but I never got over the nagging doubt that she enjoyed the sex with him more than me. I also never got over the feeling that she looked back at what they did and with good memories. He was bigger than me, in better shape, younger, and the sex was new. I never got over that. Again, she swears she looks at it with disgust, but who knows? Why would she ever admit it? To hear the rest of this story and other stories like this, please visit the website rawtruthstoriesoffemaleinfidelity.com and click on the Patreon link. For a $3 a month pledge, 
You will get access to these additional episodes, as well as early access to regularly released episodes. If you have a story that you would like to be considered for a future podcast, please email rebecca.rawtruth at gmail.com. All submissions will always be anonymous. And always remember, no judgment. Okay, so let's get started on today's story from Tessa. I received this back in June of 2021, and I really appreciate her sending this in. I grew up in a small community. I had a tumultuous childhood raised by an alcoholic, mentally ill single mother. My father was rarely in the picture. As a teen, I was wild and had a reputation as such. I got myself into a few bad situations resulting in my first sexual experiences being non-consensual and violent. When I was 16, I fell for a guy who treated me respectfully and loved me gently. He made me realize how sweet sex can be. I departed that small town at 17 and never moved back. I was married at 20 to a man six years older than me. Our folks put a lot of pressure on us to marry, but it was a mistake. He didn't love me. I didn't love him. He cheated on me repeatedly. I finally left him after a physical altercation. Again at 25, I married a man who I had dated less than 10 months and had never lived with. We went our own ways less than four years later. No true love there either. I have made peace and friendship with both those men over the years and continue to keep in touch with them. I had a child on my own at 30. When I decided to begin dating again after years of just focusing on being a mom, I tried online dating. I also made the conscious decision to date against my type. I met and married Liam, who became my daughter's dad when she was five. He is a kind man. He is loving and extremely supportive. Together for 15 years, we have built a good life. He's a wonderful friend. The sex, although I'm certain better for him, is just fine and occasionally great. More and more over the years, he puts in little effort in bed, often not even really kissing me. If I ask him to put effort in, he will, but that makes me feel resentful. I was so adamant when I chose him that I would not repeat past mistakes. I overlooked the fact that we have very little in common. He's a beer and a football guy. I'm a tea and books girl. Liam has always been a drinker. Prior to beginning therapy, I never concerned myself with his drinking. Handling issues of my own has made me aware of the fact that Liam's alcoholism is escalating. Often, when I need him, he's too far gone to be there. He occasionally gets quite sloppy drunk and has both let me down repeatedly and put me in a fair share of upsetting, embarrassing, and or concerning situations over the years. It certainly affects our sex life as well. I know without intervention, he is going to drink himself to death. We raised all our kids together. 
Now we are empty nesters and the lack of commonality is glaringly apparent and the alcohol feels front and center. I am capable of entertaining myself, but Liam is quite needy. Our life has become endless nights of watching TV. He has no real hobbies and no real friends. I am his whole life. I am somehow extremely lonely and suffocated at the same time in this marriage. I have an outgoing personality. I have a large circle and many close friends. I love to be busy. Although I would consider myself a bit of a flirt, I have never been unfaithful in a relationship until recently. Henry came into my life 12 years ago. He is a brilliant, strange, hilarious, and reads me like an open book. Although I have been aware of my deepening feelings for him over the years, I never seriously entertained them. There has always been banter, chemistry, and loving friendship between us, but we are both married and never crossed that line. Last fall, Henry texted me out of the blue during a heartbreaking occurrence. He could not have known about it at the time. He said he had a bad feeling and wanted to know if I was okay. I was amazed by that intuition. That evening, with Liam drunk passed out next to me, I engaged with Henry in a way we never had before. He started the sexting, but I jumped right on board. He said later he didn't expect anything to come of it. It was more of an effort to distract me from my pain and cheer me up. Nevertheless, we went down the rabbit hole. It was sexy. It was dirty. It was poetic. It was beautiful. Henry touched and aroused me in a way I have never experienced. I realize this sounds like hyperbole, but it's true. We saw each other a few days later, and like teenagers, we hid and made out in the stairwell. After a few weeks of constant texting and sneaking around for kisses, we finally decided to get a room. We were going to meet at 9 a.m. and spend the entire day in bed together. Henry texted me very late the night before and said he couldn't do it. He confessed that it felt like there was far more than he initially thought between us, and the feelings were simply too strong. We would ultimately hurt our partners and cause destruction. I was deeply hurt, but understood. I went to the room anyway. We ended up texting. He called. I cried. He showed up. We had sex twice that afternoon. I have never had sex with someone I had been friends with for so many years first. It was incredible. We just melted into each other. He was very sweet to me after, but soon began to act aloof. It went like that for a while. We would talk. We'd share poetry, banter, books, personal stories, and professions of love. We'd go for walks and steal kisses. Then we would make a plan to be alone and he would back off. He was Mr. Advance Retreat. Although he seemed sincere, I was not sure if it was a game to him or if he really did love me so much that he was afraid. After a couple months of this pattern, I told him I could not see him anymore. We didn't speak for about a month. 
We broke the ice with an email and discussed what we could do to salvage a 12-year friendship. We spoke on the phone for about an hour, and ultimately, after acknowledging how deeply we love each other, we decided to try again to have an affair. We have been passionate lovers ever since. Henry told me he had to come to grips with the death of our love and connection, and he didn't make the decision lightly. Once he committed, there was no more wavering. I knew all along I felt the same way. He is sweet to me and very attentive. Our love is fierce. Our connection is strong. I love everything we share. We have been reasonably careful. Henry has told me he doesn't know what will happen in the future. We usually manage to see one another more than I thought we could find time for, often two to three times a week. Not generally for sex, although that still happens often. We have coffee and go to lunch. There are periods where our lives get in the way and we don't see one another for a week or sometimes more. Those times make me wonder what I am doing. Sometimes I think that I am all Henry wants, and then he will withdraw a little for a few days, and I ache. I know him well enough to know this isn't a reflection on his feelings for me, but given the nature of our relationship, it creates insecurity. We text often throughout the day, every day, and always say good morning and good night. They rarely share a bed, so he will FaceTime or call me at night sometimes. I have even, at his invitation, snuck into his house several times late at night and gotten into bed with him. It seems crazy now, but initially, I felt it was the way to stay with Liam. A way to fulfill the pieces missing without having to hurt him. As for the future, Henry and I are in different places in our lives. He is older than me by almost 20 years and close to retirement. His wife is a few years older than him. She is sweet, depressed, and neglectful. She is an extremely introverted person. Henry says the older she gets, she is just retreating into herself. I know he has tried to pull her out of it, but she isn't interested. I do not believe he is plain victim when he tells me this. I know his wife and have observed their life. He's the caretaker at their home. He's confessed he doesn't really have excitement about retiring because she doesn't share interests with him. He prefers working to being lonely all day. As for me, I'm so conflicted about this. I love Liam dearly. He is truly a lovely man. I have asked him to stop drinking and he's trying. It does not, however, solve the problem of compatibility. Also, if I'm honest, all I really want is Henry. I do not believe Henry will leave his wife. I have told him I don't need him to blow up his life to prove his love for me, but it doesn't stop me dreaming. My therapist says it's possible to have a successful affair in which we care for one another and give the other what they do not get from their spouse. Her definition of a successful would be no one finding out or getting hurt and us supporting each other like a family. It's very hard. It feels more difficult all the time. I don't know if it's an option for me. 
Henry acknowledges we both want to be together all the time. Neither of us are particularly jealous people, so that helps. I know morally this is all wrong. I know our spouses are innocent and do not deserve to be betrayed. I also know what we have is more than greedy lust. It's a long friendship where we fell in love. My therapist said it's okay to live in the gray, to be unsure. As time passes and we are more than seven months into this affair, I am growing more jealous. Not particularly about sex, but I want him in my world. I want to share everything with him. While I do not think Liam knows I'm having an affair, he knows we are on shaky ground. We have discussed separating, but it's hard. It would be easy if Liam was a jerk. As it stands now, we are all just living in limbo. I do know this. The month Henry and I didn't speak was one of the worst months of my life. I have little insight to impart here. I know Henry and I are both lonely. I know we are a great match, and we feel like best friends. I know it's wrong to lay in bed with Liam, dreaming of sleeping in Henry's arms. If Liam stops drinking, maybe we could recapture the early years, but I fear it is too late. I am a coward for not telling Henry I want him all to myself. I am a coward for not cutting Liam loose. I know the truth would be best. Thank you, Tessa, for sending that in, and I appreciate you to the point of exactly how you feel. Um, you're not giving yourself excuses. You're not giving Henry excuses. You're pointing out the struggles you have in your marriage and from what he has told you. And, and I think the fact that you guys have known each other for a very, very long time has given you more insight than a lot of people that perhaps meet online or meet in a bar or wherever and start an affair. All I can say, though, is that you are in a tough situation. And, um, you know, as a person with experience, and um, a lot of people can understand, and I believe you could understand as well, you know, we have those what ifs, what ifs, and these fantasies of being with somebody, and if I could just be with them, I'd be happy. But as we've learned, the grass is not always greener. When life gets into, even when you're just dating somebody and you move in, all of a sudden you see those, you know, I hate to say red flags because we always have, oh, what is the word, you know, in our own lives, we don't have perfection. Maybe he snores <laughs> or maybe, you know, somebody leaves their underwear on the floor or somebody doesn't ever put the toilet seat down or somebody always forgets to close the refrigerator or slams the cupboard or leaves the TV on or doesn't dust. All those little things that each of us have start to grow and bother other people, the other person we're with. And until we truly spend life moments with people we don't really know if it's truly meant to be. And I'm saying that from my own heart. I mean, I've recently had the Marine move into my house. And um, when he was gone, you know, I miss him, I miss him, I miss him. And now I'm like, don't you have someplace else to go? Which he doesn't. And I'm saying that as kind of a passive aggressive type of thing, just because he does a lot of things differently than I do. And we have to learn to coexist. Um, but it, but you don't really see the truth of a person until you spend good quality living time with them. Um, 
idiosyncrasies. I think that might have been the word I was looking for. But it also doesn't mean it's not going to work. So I just hope that if you two want to be together, you know, like I always tell people, you know, you can't build a foundation on ashes, that you leave your spouses for the reason why you're unhappy with your spouses. You don't leave them to be with somebody else, but leave them if you get a divorce and be who you need to be before you get serious and shack up or move in or anything together, because you need to make sure that it's not, I don't know the right words. You want to make sure it's the right decision to do. Um, you hate to see somebody blow up a marriage that could potentially be fixed and worked on with couples counseling, you know, with him, if he can just get sober, um, all those types of things, just to go into a situation that maybe you don't know if it's going to be good or not, even though dreaming wise, it sounds like it is. I understand. And I and I'm not trying to sound hypercritical or anything, just from my own experience and from other people's situations and stories, you know, and this could be too with the Uh, your therapist was talking about living in the gray of the uncertainty. And I get that. But it's very, very hard on you emotionally to live with uncertainty. It is for me, it is for a lot of people, we need to have some sort of a guarantee in life, even though we know we can't, but we need something to know, where am I going to fall? If I fall, am I going to fall on my feet? Or am I going to fall on my head? So uh, living in that gray is really difficult with all the anxiety and apprehension that probably runs through your body, especially at night. You're betraying your husband. You're loving this other man. You don't want to hurt your husband and you love him. And you just go back and forth and you're scared to be able to talk the truth, even though you know that's what you need to do. Sometimes, like they say, the truth sets you free. And either way, it's not going to be easy you know, whether you stay or go, it's going to be a hard, hard road to travel. But I'm sure you can do it. You've made it this far. We've all made mistakes in our lives, picking the wrong people. I'm no peach. I've uh, just my third marriage just ended when my husband passed away. I mean, hello, I get it. We don't always choose for the right reasons. So um now that I've gone on and on, I just wish you the best. Keep in touch. Let me know how things are going. Um, just know I'm thinking of you guys and I'm sending positive thoughts for whatever is meant to happen to happen. And you take care. And again, thank you so much for submitting your story. You have been listening to Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity. Your support of the podcast is truly appreciated. Be sure to visit my website at rawtruthstoriesoffemaleinfidelity.com to access story guides, subscribe to Patreon for bonus episode of the men's side of female infidelity, and to vote for this podcast to be in the Hot 50 Countdown for Podcast Magazine. To submit your story for the show, share feedback, or if you have a Let's Ponder suggestion, please email it to rebecca.rawtruth at gmail.com or send by snail mail to Rebecca Adams, P.O. Box 821064, Vancouver, Washington, 98682. Every story is always anonymous. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review the show. Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity is produced and edited by Rebecca Adams. 
You can follow the show on Facebook at Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity, on Instagram at Podcast Raw Truth, and on Twitter at Raw Female. Thank you again. And be kind to one another. Be kind to yourself. And always remember, no judgment. Goodbye. Goodbye.